from St. Germain. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the burrito show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to The Talk Show. I am your host, Scott Sullivan, all the way down here in South, South, Southland, Texas, the state that says science, ha, fuck you, and coming (laughs) from the great north, a state that believes in every single bit of science, except somehow they still think fish is real rock music, my co-host, someone who shares so many of workout videos on Instagram, they now call him the Squatty Hottie. Adam St. Germain. <laughs> the squatty hottie. Oh my God. And um, everyone out there, please post hashtag squatty hottie every time Adam puts up workout videos so we can get that going. I think there's some, some heat there. <laughs> uh, real quick, real quick, before we go any further. Yes. Number one, number one, fish. Not rock music. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but it always surprises me. I, I think you probably have had this experience too, but when you're, you go through your life and you think you know people, right? And then every now and then you find out that someone in your circle of friends who you would never think is a fish head is a total fish head. Yes. And yeah, it's, and it's, it's true. Very surprising totally sometimes. I, I Do you remember, um, I'm going to botch his last name, but Josh from Julian's who was in a bunch of bands in Providence and was like, just kind of made the menus and the art, just awesome guy. He, um, he, he, he always had a leather jacket on. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool, sure. cool guy. Real good friends with Brian Oakley. Just the last person in the world who I, I would get the impression liked fish. Dude loves fish. <laughs> it's very, it's very odd. It's very odd. It's Look, a I live here. I live here. I don't get it. I do know. Recently, so fish used to do this thing in the '90s where they were when they were on tour, they had this ongoing chess match with the, um, with the audience, the crowd, ah. the followers, whatever the people were, and they would have this huge backdrop um, behind the set, and then and each stop of the tour, the crowd would like go to the chess table, and and vote on the next move in the game, ah. and it was like this epic battle. And one time, only one time, uh, did the crowd win. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and so, um, so it was a big deal, very historic moment in the, in the fish world. Uh, so this year for New Year's Eve, they always do a show on New Year's Eve, Fish does. So this year they were like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we did a digital version, an online version of the chess game? Like, this will be really fun. Like, cool idea. Sure. They broke, they broke the internet. It failed. It <laughs> they just broke the whole damn total internet. total meltdown. So um, the only reason were, I know this because the people is, um, here's my theory: people with multiple computers would be in front of one of them playing the game, and then they would get really high, forget about it, go to their other computer, start playing the game again. Then they'd get too high, forget about it, start playing it on their phone. Now you got one person playing three or four games. Now imagine all the fish fans playing three or four games at once. It's too many. It's only like 10 fans though. I mean, it's like, it's not, that <laughs> <laughs> but you can't so, discount how high they get. <laughs> well, no, I won't, I won't discount that for a second. Anyway, it, uh, I only know all this because uh, my brother-in-law uh, is definitely a fish head. Mm. So, you know, always strikes me as funny. Um, 
He's gone to the New Year's Eve show a number of times. He's actually, he's worked with them professionally on some comedy stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, but he was a part of the chess thing. So that's anyhow. Very cool. Very cool. Very that's, interesting. That's my brief uh, fish story. I will say, hands down, the best Ben and Jerry's flavor. Yeah. Fight we, me we, we, if you think otherwise. We talked about that. Uh, and this is a nice segue into, we were talking about favorite Ben and Jerry's flavors as we had completed or we're in the process of about to run the last leg of the four by four by 48 Goggins challenge this past weekend, we were going to celebrate. I think we both had pizza and ice cream. I actually fell asleep before I got into the ice cream, but you succeeded in getting into the ice cream. I, you know what? I, I used my calloused mind and I was determined <laughs> yes. to get to that ice cream. All things be what they were like. I probably should have just thrown in the towel and gone to bed. But um, <laughs> I was really, I was really determined to get into that ice cream, and so I, I did. The I car- fought my way into the, it. I the, got there. The carbs from the pizza put me to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So four by four by forty eight. It was the challenge we had set out to be. I guess sort of the placeholder for the marathon of the month in March. And it is uh, a challenge. I'll let Adam explain to the listener. I think we went over it last time, but. Adam, tell the listener. Yeah, what we was. should probably we'll probably recap. Okay, so the four by four by forty eight created promoted by uh, Mr. David Goggins, ultra runner and you know um, military vet and just all around general badass. Uh, so here's the deal: starting at now he's in California, so it starts on his clock. Starting at eight p.m. Pacific Coast time, you run four miles. And then you follow this up every four hours for a total of 48 hours. So 8 p.m., 12 a.m., 4 a.m., 8 a.m., 12 p.m., so on and so forth. By the end, you will have run 48 miles in less than 48 hours. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, (laughs) interesting challenge. We, I guess he he created it last year and some people caught on and a few people have done it here and there throughout the year, but they really promoted it this year, um, which I think was super cool. And, and by promoted it, by promote it, I mean like he simply encouraged people to do it. There's no entry fee. There's no nothing. Um, you could be like me and you could buy the t-shirt, which I did after I completed the challenge. Um, oh, you, just, that's it. you checked the box for me. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I did. I, I remember to do a Monday, Monday, uh, morning. I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm gonna get this shirt. Like this is, I earned this shirt. I'm going to get it. Normally I don't really care about event shirts. Like that's not my thing. I find them kind of annoying when you go to an event and they're like, here's your t-shirt. And I'm like, that's okay. Like that's cool. But, but, but also or, think about that. They usually give you the t-shirt before you do the thing. Right. Correct. I think, you should, <laughs> I think that, you know, right. I mean, I can't think of a, a counter example. You should get the t-shirt at the finish line. Yes. Like forget the metal. Keep the metal. You know what? Here's the new format. This is what we're going to yeah, do. No, no metal, medals. No medals. Give me the fucking t-shirt when I do the thing. <laughs> After you do it. Yeah. When you're done. When yeah. you're done. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anyhow. So I, I ordered the shirt cause I thought like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll be able to wear the shirt. Somebody might see it and be like, Oh, did you do that thing? And I can tell them about it. It'll be a fun thing to talk about. I was just going to so, yell, can't hurt me at you. And then run away. Can't hurt me. You don't know me. <laughs> I did. By the way, at the, I told you this, I think in a text message, but 
and, and it wasn't uh, a glorious like like Goggins doing whatever he did. But <laughs> at the finish line, at the 48th mile, I, I hobbled my busted ass knee back to the house. I did do 10 pushups. <laughs> oh, nice. In, That's funny. In, in honor of David Goggins, I did 10 pushups at my door and then walked in. <laughs> now, I don't actually know what Goggins did because he didn't run all 12 legs. Like there was one, there was one where I was following along with him on Instagram and there was one where he, he was doing like 40 minutes of jumping jacks. Which when so, you think about it would suck. No, that sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that would I'd, super I'd suck. i run four miles. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. But <laughs> I think what was going on was it seemed to me that he had gotten himself into a position where he needed to be available to be doing social media and like management of how big it had gotten so quick. Um, and he was posting every couple hours and I feel like maybe that kind of tethered him a little bit to one place. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then, um, what was neat was, uh, on what, I think it was the, um, it might've been like the 3am run, uh, on what would be Sunday morning. So like one of the last runs he got on, he did Instagram live, you know, he gave like a couple of words of encouragement, whatever. But then he's like, he tagged somebody in that was like watching and like, let them talk about like what they were doing. I saw that, was, but I was also running around trying to get ready to run. And I was like, who's this fucking guy talking? I don't oh, know. Oh, that, that wasn't the one I saw. So maybe he did it more than once. The one I saw was this, was this woman. Oh uh, that, yeah. Now this, this is a different thing than what I saw. I saw some dude, some indescript dude. I could not figure out who he was. Oh, I love this lady. She was in Australia. And so she was finishing up the challenge on Monday morning because they're obviously on a different uh, time zone. A whole different thing. She, yeah, she was finishing up Monday morning before she went to work. And um, she was like a mother of three or four kids. And she had been walking a 5K every four hours. And I was just like, this lady's a stud, yeah. like super stud. It's badass. So, yeah. So, so it, was cool to, it was cool to hear her talk and just tell about what she was doing and, and whatever. So. That's awesome. But I'm going to back it up now for a minute and let's go back to the beginning. So Adam explained the challenge. Uh, the two of us both uh, participated. The commissioner, Matt Newell, was kind of cheering us on but did not participate in this. He, he kicked our Happy Meal asses all over town during strain week and then decided to <laughs> sit hey, out the, at four by four. I think that the commissioner did a, did a great job as, um, as sideline uh, support. No, he was really good. He, he was assistant, assistant coach, like, you know, high marks. Yeah. He, he was hitting us up with messages, encouragement, ridicule, whatever was required at the time. It, it was very good. <laughs> so shout out to Matt Newell. He also had, uh, his child had a birthday over the, he had stuff going on. He didn't need to be party, doing, party, 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 party. <laughs> he didn't yeah. need to be doing what we were doing, but anyway, let's go back to the beginning. So talk a little bit, Adam, about what you thought the challenge would be like versus how it ended up being. And then we'll talk a little bit about how our experiences differed in terms of the running. But first of all, what did you think this was going to be like and how did you experience it when it happened? Okay. So I thought that it was going to be now four miles is not a tremendous length. No, it isn't. So, so I, I thought, okay, I was like, worst case scenario, if I have to walk four miles, you know, it's going to take, if I go slow, it's going to take an hour and a half was, was kind of where I was at. Um, if you walk briskly, it's going to take you an hour. If you run it, it's going to take you anywhere from 30 minutes to, you know, 45 minutes, something like that. So I thought like, okay, at some point, like I'm going to get really tired. My legs are going to get really tired. 
and I'm going to, I'm going to have to walk, you know, a leg or two legs or, or whatever. I was totally determined to finish it. So like whatever shape I was in, you know, barring some kind of injury, uh, I was, I was going to do it. If I had to walk the whole damn thing, I was going to do it. Hell yeah. And I, my original plan was I was going to start slow, conservative, you know, conservative pace. And then I thought like, as I got to the middle, which would be like Saturday, um, afternoon, afternoon, evening. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like Saturday afternoon, you know, so like for me, it would have been 11 AM, 3 PM, 7 PM. I thought those were going to be my fast. You know, I thought like what I would do is start conservative, get a little faster towards the middle and then, and then just hang on for dear life towards the end. <laughs> just finish the thing. That was the prediction. Yeah. And, you know, I thought like, you know, I wasn't too worried about getting up in the middle of the night. Like I'm pretty, uh, like in those kinds of things, I just execute. Like I just line up my stuff. I'm You're, like, okay. That's an advantage I think you have from coming out of the discipline of every morning getting up early to work out. Whereas like those of us who maybe work out at different times of day or aren't morning people, that was a, a trick to the challenge. Like it was very hard for me to, to respond to my alarm at two in the morning. I mean, I did every time, but it was, I told you on the second time that it went off the second night, I was very disoriented. I couldn't figure out what was happening for like five minutes. And then I remembered what I was doing and it was cool. But like, um, I think that's something you came into it with that like, uh, just goes again to show like when you build good habits, they kind of feed into other things that you do. Cause I think like you, that, that would have been easy for you. Whereas I think that part of the challenge for some people might've been almost the hardest part is just like responding to that alarm at, at a weird time and getting out of bed, you know, counterintuitively, uh, it was, it was more challenging for me to go to sleep because I was anxious that I was going to miss the alarm. Okay. So you, and I have that sometimes I've had that, uh, on critical work days where I know something important is happening in the morning at work it almost like ruins my ability to sleep because I get anxious about the alarm. <laughs> so that, so that was, that was tough for me. So I had to like really kind of focus on like, okay, yep. I got to go to sleep. I got to, I got to do this thing. Even if I'm not going to fall asleep, I still got to lay down and eventually I fell asleep. It was okay. But so that was, so anyway, that's how I thought it was going to go. I thought I was going to start slow, get faster or do some faster legs in the sunshine or the brighter days, whatever. And then just hang on. And, um, and, you know, Goggins always talks about like, um, the 40% rule, like people are only using 40% of their ability or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay. Like, all right. I mean, I buy into that idea. Like people aren't using their full potential. Like I get it. I'm all right. I'm in. And, uh, hold on one second. Can you hear that? No. Oh, there we go. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, like I started conservatively. I felt okay i didn't feel super to be honest but i felt okay um actually we back up friday morning maybe because i'm an idiot i did a really <laughs> heavy deadlift workout which is in the spirit of goggins he talks about in his book yes uh <laughs> doing a, a tremendous heavy lifting workout before he attempted his first ultra event so like you were really tapping into like the stupidity that he embraces <laughs> when you did that well i just i just felt you know what it was i woke up on friday and i was like i got up regular time nice and it was like 5 30 like making my coffee making breakfast and the whole deal and i was just like Am I gonna am I gonna do this work? Because I do the deadlift workout every Friday. And so I was like, am I gonna do this? It's really heavy. 
I don't know, kind of, you know, taxes the central nervous system, whatever. And I was just like, nah, like, whatever, I'm going to do it. And I just committed. Like, I'm in, I'm locked in. It's Friday, I'm doing Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So I get it. I I did my workout. I worked a regular day, the whole deal. Had dinner with the family, you know, the regular stuff. And then, like, just kind of waited around till 11. So anyway, started conservatively. Um, Overnight was, like, kind of slow, but not not too bad. Just as dark. And it was cold here in Vermont. I think it was, like, 20 degrees or 15 degrees. Yeah, big factor. Um, Big factor to take into consideration for both like um, clothing preparedness and the fact that like, you know, it's a little bit more discouraging walking out the door when it's that cold. You, that was a disadvantage you had that I didn't, I had terrible wind here, but that you certainly had less uh, friendly weather to walk out the door into put it that way. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, there was people doing it where it was like zero and like negative, negative degrees. So like, Hey, like hats off to them, but like respect to those people for sure. um, Yeah. It it wasn't, it wasn't friendly conditions outside. I'll say that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, like then Saturday afternoon came around and like, I felt okay. I was maintaining the same kind of pace. I was like right around nine minute pace, like pretty good. Um, and then it came to be like Saturday night and like 11 PM was okay. And then 3am, like I didn't eat enough food and I just like bonked on the run. I did like the first two miles. I was like, yeah, I feel good. I feel good. No problem. Taking pictures of the moon. And then, like, on the way back, back, it was just, like, somebody unplugged me. I was just, like, and, uh, yeah, so that was, like, oh, okay. So then I walked a little bit, and then I was, like, oh, this is hitting sooner than I expected. Yeah. And um, so I walked, I ran, I walked, I ran, and it was okay. Like, I got back, it was all right. I ate some food, went to sleep. And then and then Sunday, Sunday morning came, and I was, like, a little bit better. But, man – this is the part I, I told you, I was texting you, like, I legitimately can't wrap my head around what happened Sunday afternoon. Like right. <laughs> into the, into the finishing, uh, several cycles. Yeah. So like, like, you know, I do 7am and it's like better still, I'm a little behind on fuel, but it's better. But then I hit 11am and it was like, I hadn't already run, um, 36 miles. And I was like, fre- and I was like flying. I did like sub eight minute pace, like a full minute faster per mile, like cruising. I finished fast. I ran negative splits for all four miles. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? I had no idea what just happened. <laughs> was so weird. Your body and I was your like, body knew what was up, but you were like, what <laughs> is happening? Yeah. It, it was like I got more fit as the weekend went on, which doesn't isn't like a thing. That doesn't happen. And um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess. Uh, maybe I'll feel like shit this afternoon. And then I went out for the, 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 uh, second to last run. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, and this is where the 40% thing comes in. And I was just like, I'm just going to hit full send. Like I'm going to go, I was gonna go for it. Like whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter what happens at this point. And I just ran my ass off and ended up running like, um, seven pace for the four miles, Very negative cool. splits again. The last mile was 40, like a six, 40 or 48 miles into the, the 44, 48 miles in. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. The la- and the last mile, like mile 44 was sub seven minute pace. Like I ran like a six forty nine. Yeah. And I was just like tremendous. And I remember being out there like running and I just felt like I was floating. I was just like, Oh, this is what it's like to run fast. And, um, so that was cool. I was so happy with that. And, um, and then the last run, I had already planned like the last run. I called it the parade lap. 
Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I like Because I was gonna I was gonna run up to the corner store and get uh some Narragansett beer and a pint of ice cream, which is exactly what I did. I put on my little backpack, tiny little backpack. I jogged two miles really conservatively <laughs> up to the store, bought my stuff, and then I walked, totally walked the last two miles, just enjoyed the stars and like just kind of tried to soak it all in. So it was um it was fascinating to tell you the truth. Like very interesting uh, weekend. I think, you know, just to not to contradict what you said, but just to kind of put a different spin on it for a second in terms of like the improving over the weekend, I would implore you to think about <laughs> like a stage race weekend, something like a green mountain stage race. And, and think about the fact that like you've done really well in some of those races before. And you know, other athletes that are friends with who have the guys who really do well in those and like podium finish. Those are the guys who get better over the weekend instead of get more tired and worse. So like to be able to go hard on day four and really go hard, like to be better than you were maybe on day one, I think that's like, um, definitely got to come out of like being really well conditioned. And, um, again, talking about like that frequency of like you being trying to be the squatty hottie being in the gym every day <laughs> doing your workouts, like dropping that shit every morning. I think that is puts you in the condition where you can be better on the 48th hour than you were on the first hour. Whereas most people, people like myself coming into it who aren't as well conditioned are going to have deterioration as opposed to improvement. So I think if you think about it, like in that, like template of like wanting to win a stage race, you have to be able to be better on day four. Right. I get, yeah. That's a, that's a very valid point. That's a very valid point, but I'd like to hear now, like, okay, we heard how it went for me, what I thought it was going to be like, it ended up being way, way more. It felt like, uh, super empowering. I think is the word where, where I was just like, I was just like, fuck you you can't you can't hurt me you can't (laughs) like what (laughs) goal goal achieved you know what i mean like if if he set out to make a challenge that was where the buy-in was uh low enough that average athletic people would consider it but hard enough that it would still whoop that ass like he really i think got got it you know i think he did a good job of constructing something that where the buy-in is low enough to get you in the door and then you realize what you signed on for is harder than you thought it was so my my favorite thing that he said during the during the whole challenge i think was like maybe it was for the last run i think it was for the last run and he's like hey we're hitting the last run now you know it's all it's all out there whatever blah 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 and he's like he's like for some of you He's like, maybe this was easy. Maybe four miles every four hours was easy. He's like, fuck you, but keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop at 48 hours. Do another four hours. Do another four hours. He's like, keep going until it's really hard. And I was like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. That's- I mean, I, and I was like, I was like, well, I got, I got to go to work. I got shit to do. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Hey, motherfucker, I got a job. <laughs> but I thought like that also put it into this like fun context. And I think like, I mean, it goes back to the stuff that we were talking about last summer um, about like, well, yeah, like somebody else tells you a marathon is hard or somebody else tells you a 5K is hard or running a mile is hard. Yes. And like somebody will tell you the four by 40, the four by four by 48 is hard. But if you do it and you're like, well, that's not hard. Like, yeah, keep going. Do, Do the four by four by 52. 
56, 60, like sure, sure. just find out where hard is. Okay. So I, it was, I'm going to skip ahead yeah. to a topic I had for after I'll recap my experience at some point, but, but I want to skip ahead to a topic while we have a natural segue into it. So you're talking about, and I think rightfully there's two ways to view this. There's the, the guy and girl, um, there's the human, whatever you want to say, who finishes this and is like, I'm fresh. I'm good. That wasn't that hard. And then, okay, do more. Why stop? That's the finish line. And it wasn't challenging for you. Make a better finish line. I love that. It's beautiful. But here's the flip side of it. And I'm curious what you'll say to this. This is what I encountered when I went back to work on Monday. I didn't post much about this, but I did like a, you know, a little video when we were almost finished and a little post that we finished. That's it. And, um, but you know, my work people all saw that and, and the, the consensus, uh, question that I got on Monday when I rolled into work was why the fuck did you do that? What the, what is that? Why would you want to do that? What, what is the, no, I don't understand. You know, just like this, just completely dismissive thing. And, and, and also like being like, that's too much running. Why would anyone do that? And like, so, so the flip side, I, I'm curious about Adam is what do you think is the right way to respond to people? I mean, I know like what I, I did throw a couple of why nots, you know, to the whys, but like aside from the why not, like how do you, what's the good way to kind of present this stuff to people when you do something? Cause I, I think what we've learned from this in different degrees, I've, I've struggled a little more with some of these projects, but what I've learned from this, I think is that if you put your, into your mind, in a certain way, if you download into your mind that this is the thing I'm going to do and it's fine, it's just a thing that I'm going to do. It's fine. Then you're going to do it. But if you make it into something in your mind that seems insurmountable or silly or too big, then you're already defeated before you start. Right? So the people that work are asking you in a appalled about doing 48 hours, 48 miles in 48 hours. They can't even wrap their head around it. They're not in the right place yet to to put that on a to do list and just believe it can be done. What's the best non condescending way to try and approach explaining that to someone? Um, and, and have you gotten that kind of response from people around you, like dude, your wife, your other family? Does anyone turn to you, Adam, and say, "What? What the? F- what the? What was that? Why did you do that?" <laughs> my. My, uh, my wonderful wife has stopped asking why (laughs) you've won. (laughs) And, um, and she, and she knows like, you know, on whatever level, it doesn't matter, but she knows like, Oh, this is a thing, whatever the thing might be that Adam is going to do because he likes the challenge. Yep. Full, Full stop. Right. Like, so that's a very basic and like pretty clear understanding of what it is. And my, um, I will say my wife is in the same camp. She is, she's come around. I mean, she always understood like my personality, but she's really come to understand that like sometimes I'm going to wake up on a Saturday and do something that sounds completely stupid and just it's, that's just me being me. It's fine. So, so put, put a pin in that actually. Cause I want, I want to come back to that one in a second. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yes, I have gotten the question from family members and from, uh, relatives and and from people I work with actually one of the guys I work with I was on the phone and he was like what he said the same what why would you why would you do that yeah no no but like but like why he kept pressing it right like he really needed an answer Mm -hmm. and um and it's just funny how people you know people think about it in different ways so I told that particular person I was like well I have these other you know ultra running goals that I want to do later this year so like this was a really good way to get the volume in, 
um, over the course of a weekend in in preparation. So that's like an ultra superficial answer. Yeah, it's, it's a it, very but it's okay, but it satisfies the technical uh, inquiry the person had. Yeah, and so and so like he was like, oh, okay, and that made sense to him. He was like, yep, okay, got it. But I, I think it's a lot more than that. I think you know, like you know that phrase that's really popular, or um, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Ah, I, 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 that's not one I'm I'm familiar with, but I like it. So, okay. So I took that, I took that phrase to heart for like a really long time. Like we have it on like a metal thing here in the heart, in the house. Like I really like it. I was listening to a podcast the other day and that, that phrase came up and the guy on the podcast was like, nah, that phrase sucks. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> what shit? I was like, why? And then his point was you learn nothing without failure. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> or or you so, could even say you have to be willing to fail to really try you know, things outside. If, if you're not willing to put yourself in a position where, you know, failure is possible, then how, how much will you stretch for? Right. How far will you go? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, right. You got to be willing to fail. Right. And that's where you really learn lessons. And that's, so anyway, so the, the, why do I do the thing, whatever the thing is four by four by 48 or, or whatever is because simply because I want to know what is possible. Yes. And that's, and that's it. Right. And like, I'm willing to suffer and like go through all the stuff that it takes to do it, to find out what actually is possible. Um, back to the thing though, about the family member. Yes. I, I think there's two things there that, that are super critical for me is one, you need to tell your, your close family members, like what you're doing. They don't need to understand it or like whatever, but you need to tell them like, Hey, I'm going to try and run 48 miles in, in 48 hours or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you got to communicate it, but two, it's so important that those people that are close to you uh, are supportive of what you're doing in their own way. Sure. Right. Like, Hey, you know, they congratulate you or they just ask about it or, or whatever. But if you're surrounded with people that are consistently questioning what you're doing or doubting it or whatever, like that is going to drag you down so damn fast. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's you it's can't not have it. it's not healthy, and and you know they don't have to be your, your significant other or your people that are in your life all the time, whoever that may be, don't have to necessarily want to do the same things you do, and it's probably actually healthy if they don't. You know, opposites attract, or you know, whatever. But like, I I, I wouldn't understand the dynamic of these super relationships where there's like you know, a ultra runner married to another ultra runner. I'm sure those are great relationships. I don't know, but like to me, like I. I, I, that is interesting to me always because I feel like there's it, that there's it's weird that there's not like some polar you know energy there like yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure for but sure. but at any rate like having family be able to and and it was really helpful like uh, my wife you know kind of you know she doesn't do these kind of crazy things, but she's very athletic. She's actually in the pool swimming right now in Austin. She's on a master's swim team, so she gets it. She gets wanting to to do physical uh, challenges. But, um, but when it comes to these kind of like four by 48 things, she's just like, what can I do to help? Do you want me to do your laundry in between the runs? What can I do this? Can I do that? So she was like super supportive and helpful. And, um, and my son was kind of supportive of it up to a point. There was one session where he asked me not to run and it was like rough. (laughs) We got around it, but I was like, Oh, am I going to have to quit right now? Cause my kid doesn't want me to run. Man, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. I've had, I've had people ask before. They're like, like when I did the original uh, ultra the third, the 50 K the 31 miles. 
you know, a couple people were like, Oh, like, what can I do to help? Do you need help? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? And I'm like, no, my answer is always no. I don't want any help. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because, and, th- and this is like a weird take, uh, I don't want to let them down. Right. Like to me, if they're there to help me do X, Y, Z thing, and then I don't accomplish it, I feel like I have let them down and I have wasted their time. And like, I just, that's such a crushing feeling to me uh-huh. on top of like feeling like I blew it. Cause I didn't do the thing I wanted to do. I'm so, so. there with you on that. I, I will tell you, I walked around work all day Friday, knowing I was going to start the challenge Friday night. So I'm talking about the Friday of day one, which I had yeah. actually a really hectic kind of shitty day that day. So, and I think that's part of Goggins plan by starting it at night. It assures that both nights will be, uh, sleep interrupted as opposed total to total chaos. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> as opposed to if you start it in the morning, it would be maybe one interrupted night of sleep. So very clever on his part to, you know, the timing makes the challenge harder. But anyway, as I went through that day, I had numerous, numerous, numerous people ask me what I was doing that weekend. What are you doing this weekend? And I told all of them, not much, some stuff around the house. That was my answer to every <laughs> single person. <laughs> Knowing I was about to try and run 48 miles in 48 hours, I told every single person, not much stuff around the house (laughs) because I didn't want to come in Monday if I botched it and have to have that conversation with like 20 people. Right, right. They're like, oh, how did it go? And you're like, well... Yeah, I didn't want them uh, to be disappointed in me. I didn't want that to like reiterate disappointment in myself. I just didn't want to have that on the table. I also feel like there's a... there's a th- I like to do these things because I feel like on some level this I could be totally delusional so you can check me but I feel like on some level it's inspiring to people and it might seem so out of reach to some people that's totally fine mm-hmm. but they're like oh shit he did that thing and I feel like if you told them on Friday hey I'm going to do this thing and then you and then you it didn't go right right it went sideways for whatever reason and then you're like, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't able to finish it, blah, 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 blah. That only reinforces the idea that you can't that do not, it. Yeah. That it's not possible. I, I'm 100% with you. It was so much more satisfying to come in Monday morning with like minimal little social media stuff that affirmed that I did it. And then people did come up to me and be like, what, what did you just do this weekend? You didn't even say anything <laughs> about that. And I was like, oh, it's just a thing. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I did all the same shit I always do with my family that went in between this stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, well, you know, it's funny. We tapped, we tapped, uh, we have our maple tree here in the yard. So we, we took a moment on Saturday between the runs to tap the maple tree so we can get the sap to make maple syrup in a few weeks. So nice. that was super fun. That's super cool. <laughs> I, uh, um, it's funny yeah. you say that. Cause my kid was just watching a video, uh, where, uh, they were doing that to a tree and talking through the, how it works. Like it was like an educational video where they were tapping a maple tree and talking about how it all works. How long is that video? Like 30 seconds. It's not hard. You tap the tree, sap comes out, you boil it. It, you was, get a, syrup. it was a couple minutes long, but it was like kind of talking about how it, it, trying to kind of make it mystical, like, you know, talking up all the things about the tree and how does the tree, why does it have the water in it that's sugary? How does it turn into syrup? Like, why is it, why is it that way? If you, if you ham it up, you can go, it wasn't just about the tap. It was about the whole magical thing that is that you can get this syrup from a tree, which when you really think about it is pretty amazing. You look at a tree and you would never think something as delicious as that is going to come out of that thing. It's magic. No, it, it, is, it is. Look, it's nothing short of magical. Let's not kid, about it. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? It's a goddamn tree. It's made out of wood. And this magical, like, 
holy shit, most delicious thing in the world comes out of it. Yeah. Top tier, top tier, delicious thing comes out of that. Now you're a true Vermonter. If what you, if what you do is you actually take some pure sap and you cut it one to one with water and then you just straight up drink it. Okay. And is that, how sweet is that? Not very sweet at all. It just it, has like a mild. Because you're not cooking it down taste. or anything, so it would be. Yeah, it's more not. Subtle. It's not concentrated. It's yeah. very subtle. It's, it's it's nice. It's like a really nice, refreshing uh, drink. That sounds good. So, yeah, it's not bad. So I know you're on a so. time budget here, Adam. So I'm going to go ahead and give the listeners my experience real quick. Uh, I don't Hit mind. us. Don't we want to know. It. Don't have to embellish it too much. But uh, so I I also did the four by four by forty eight. Completed it as did Adam. I did do some walk runs on a couple of occasions. One thing that happened to me that I didn't expect was uh, run number one and run number two, I intentionally did about nine to 10 minute miles, uh, closer to 10, uh, wanting to start slow, expecting to speed up on Saturday. And um, by the morning run, which was only like the third run, I had like a tightening sensation in my hip and then it spread to my knee by later that day. So I had some physical uh, difficulty that kind of kicked in with just joint discomfort. And I think it was from lack of mobility, lack of stretching, kind of coming into this, having worked out a bunch recently, but not specifically running. Uh, I was doing a lot of rowing and boxing during our like strain week challenge. Uh, And so I learned a lot through the process, but my experience where Adam's experience was more like hitting all the notes of getting up the challenge, the clothing, the logistics, and then running faster and faster. My experience was more about Six, you know, 12 to 16 miles in and I, it was clear that my body wasn't going to respond well to this <laughs> like cardiovascularly I felt good every time I went out uh even the yeah every time um and uh but I was getting limited by the knee and hip issue and I actually ran through it that my last run was one of my better ones um I stopped to take some pictures so it doesn't show up in the in the in the numbers, but like I would, I sprinted at the end. Like I, so I like, I kind of, but that was running through a little bit of discomfort. So what was interesting to me was my struggle was like one, no, I never wanted to quit, but like, there was just this, like, I'm not going to be able to go the frustration of knowing I'm not going to be able to run this run the way I want. I'm going to have to push as hard as I can. Cause I don't want to walk it just logistically. I want to get back to the house and keep living my life, you know, but, uh, <laughs> right. but every time I got up and did it, um, there'd be a point about at the three mile mark where I was like, well, I'm almost done. I'm almost back to the house. I feel good. I feel like empowered that I did this thing. And even if I had to walk up the hill, I would run off the top of it. And, uh, you know, if my knee was acting up, I'd run until I really felt like I need to take a break. Like I just kind of had to manage it knowing I had to go to work Monday. But, um, just like Adam said, I think every time I got up on the, especially on those overnight runs and just put in the work of, walk running it or running it. Like, I think I only walked one entire leg. There was one that I speed walked and ironically I did it in under an hour. It was like, I walked, you know, at a brisk oh, that's for you. You're moving brisk. That's a fast walk. It, it was like, it was, I was like, I wasn't walking while I was like speed walking. I was like yeah. putting, it, putting in some effort, but like, uh, that said it was, uh, it was a really interesting experience and it made me, um, like every one of these Goggins challenges that I've done, like the, the 50 K that I did, which I consider a Goggins challenge just cause like his book put that in my head. Every time I've done one of those, I've come away with it with like some really clear ideas, um, from all that time with yourself, which I think is something he talks about in the book. But like when you spend that kind of time challenging yourself alone, 
um, you do kind of come to some revelation. So the ones I came away with is, and it's going to sound kind of unrelated. It'll be maybe interesting, but I want to start meditating like 10 minutes a day, like just quiet meditation, 10 minutes a day. I think that would be really beneficial. I thought about that during one of the runs and it just like, I should be doing that. I'm going to do that. Um, the other one was I want to work on mobility. And I talked to you and Matt both about that in the text thread we were running because I, I was really disappointed about the nip, the, the knee and the hip pain or nip pain, I guess, if you want to do a, port, <laughs> port, a portmanteau like I did. Yeah. But uh, it, that really disabled me because I didn't feel as weak as my running times looked, you know, like physically. But like when you have a knee that's acting up, like as I'm sure you've experienced somewhat, you, it's, it's a real limiter with running, especially with like road running where you're getting that like, I mean, 48 miles in two days on a knee that doesn't want to do it is rough, <laughs> you know? Especially on the road. That was my big, I was like, I was running on the shoulder a bunch. I was trying to run in the dirt. Like I, I did, I, a, I did a little of that too. Yeah. There's a road that I use to connect two neighborhoods and, um, it's very, very grassy and kind of open on the side. And I ran, I purposely ran on that every time I went through that section because I was like, I just need a break from this stupid tar. It's so abusive. <laughs> if, if I ever do it again, I would do it, um, on a, on a, I would one, I would do it in the summer. <laughs> for yeah, yeah. But, but two, I would do it, uh, on trails somewhere. Like yes. I would trade the elevation change for the, for the surface, like every single time. I told so. myself I was going to do the afternoon runs at a park near my house called Mary Searite park that has, I think about a three mile loop. Uh, that I could have worked out. And it's, it's, it's a, a combination of trail and off-road. There's not that much. There's a little pavement in there, but it's not much. And so I was going to do that. But then the logistics of having to drive, it just was going to eat into my life to have to like drive to the park to do the run. So I just did every, I think you did too. I did every single one of the runs from the house back to the house. Yeah. I thought about driving to a couple locations and then I was just like, nah, it's not worth it. I, I did, I forgot. I wanted to share. I made two uh, mistakes. <laughs> um, that, that were like mentally costly other, otherwise they weren't bad mistake. Number one, I don't know what I was doing. I got back to the house and I had only run 3.4 miles. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. You just did the I math. Was like, oh, That's the thing sucks. that can happen is when you get to that second night, you can't even do math anymore. Your brain is yeah. like spent. <laughs> so, but I don't know what I did. Like I turned around at the two mile point, but like I wasn't doing a total out and back. So I just did it wrong. So I got back to the house, 3.4. So I was like, F this. Then I had to run like all the way back down my road to the end, turn around and come back up, which has two hills in it. So it was just a pain in the ass. <laughs> and then and then the other mistake I made was like I was I did the 3 a.m. run uh on on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. And then I was like, okay, I had a snack, whatever, and I laid down to go to sleep at about four, set the alarm stupidly for 5:50 because I was thinking I needed to run at 6 a.m. So I get up at 5.50, and then I'm, like, getting dressed, and then I was like, oh, wait a second. The run's not until 7. <laughs> so then I was just frustrated. Yeah. I, I, like, I only slept, you know, I could have slept another 45 minutes, so I, like, laid back down. Fortunately, I was able to go back to sleep, but, like, that just didn't help me at all. And um, yeah. those, anyway, those, were the, those were the two, like, mistakes that I made, other than not quite eating enough saturday evening but the, that's the surprise takeaway for me and i think you'd agree with this but i'm curious but the, i i think this is the thing that like the 
it's such a, you know, some, some guy just made this up, right? But so the structure of this thing has an interesting phenomenon to me, which is at night, the frequency of the runs is very challenging. But during the day, the frequency of the runs is challenging for a different reason. It feels like you're waiting for them all day. <laughs> yeah. Whereas at night, it feels like they keep yeah. coming too soon. During the day, I would find myself like frustrated it wasn't time to run again. <laughs> Especially the worst one was like it would get to be 1 p.m. and I'd be like, I got two more hours. Like, God, what am I getting? God, you know. <laughs> I just want to finish this thing. Okay, yeah, let's go. So you like the, all the dishes are done, like everything's done, and you're just like waiting. You know, it's just like, okay, feet up, waiting. So, okay, um, I'm, I'm gonna ask you two quick questions. Uh, I know we're running out of time here. Tell me if you have to end it. We can always finish. We can- yeah, we gotta wrap it up. Let's hit these questions quick. Okay, two quick questions, and then we can finish this episode with like a quick thing later if you have time. Because I think we have okay. a couple things to still talk about. But okay, then I'll edit that part out. I always say, oh, by the way, it's really funny when I say I'll edit that out and then it ends up in the I, That's my favorite part, yeah, and yeah. then you never do. I, I, <laughs> I actually have edited some things out, but I go back and I decide to only take out the stuff where maybe I say something that shouldn't be in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, right. okay. What's the question? Was there a time slot of the three? It's like at 10, 12. For me, it was 10 to 6. Was there a time slot you found to be the best or the most enjoyable? And was there a time slot you found to be the worst and least enjoyable? 11 a.m. I felt great both times. Okay. So and- I, I think that was my favorite one. Um, and the least enjoyable. Hmm. I think it was the 11 p.m. both times, actually. Okay. Yeah, I think that was. Well, the first one was at 11. So I think that was just like a little like, you know, you're anxious is the first one, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it didn't feel good. But the second, yeah, I think 11 p.m. I disliked the most. For me, the two favorites were the two 6 p.m. runs. Uh, The 6 p.m. run on Saturday, I had taken enough Advil and nursed the knee enough that I felt good during that run. And then the sun was coming down. So I caught sunset during both of those runs, the one on Saturday and Sunday. And the one Sunday was the finishing lap. So that felt really nice, too. So the six, yeah. the 6 p.m. run here in Austin was primo because you got just like a beautiful sunset as you finish the fourth mile. Great. Nice. C- couldn't be better. The 2 a.m. both nights was horrible because both nights just, I don't know, my brain just didn't react well to the alarm. I made it both times, but we, we had a little side bet, me and Adam, about how many minutes behind on time we would be. And I believe Adam was zero minutes behind on time. I was like, I forget the tally, but there was one where I missed by seven or nine minutes. I forget which. And I, yeah, th- I think, I think you only ended up with 10, but it was really that one big one that kind yeah, of, yeah, I biffed it hard. Yeah. And I think it was the first 2 AM because I, the alarm went off and I was just befuddled. I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> my yeah, my yeah. sleepy brain doesn't immediately know what's going on. So that was like, you know, I might've taken melatonin too. I don't remember, which I shouldn't have done, <laughs> but I might've done it anyway. All right. Hey, let's, let's hit pause. We can wrap this up later. Cause I gotta, I gotta jump off. Okay. Go do your work. Uh, and we will talk later. Talk show. All right. Peace. Peace. Hi, you've reached Adam St. Germain with Specialized. Sorry, I missed your call. 
leave a message, and I'll call you back as soon as I can. Thanks. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Squatty hottie, where you at? Come on. You hollered at me on the text. You're crushing me with the messages. And then I fire back at you. Oh, oh you call me on the line. Motherfucker, let's do this. Adam St. Germain. Bro. Bro, I just, by the way, this is seamless. On the record, on the record button, I've already talked to you. I've already dressed you down on your voicemail for like 20 seconds. And then you picked here's, up in real life. So this is, what all, I want. this is all on the record. It's beautiful. Yeah, I just want you to know the 17 times you just called me in the last one minute. Uh, it's okay? not true. That's not true. It was three times. And one of the one was because I didn't know what I was doing, which is my fault. I replied to you every single time. I said, one second. I said, I'll call you right back. And then the third time I didn't reply, I just declined the call. But like, I do not know how to use modern technology. Do you know how to use wait, wait, a cell phone? No, hold on. Let's see if you... Oh, yeah, your text came through. I can't see that shit when I'm doing what I'm doing. Do you understand? Bro, Here, here's, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You need glasses? No, no, I'll no. I'll buy you glasses. I'll buy you glasses. Here's what I want your ass to do. Google running the Zoom. Or if you want to be even cool, you can, be, you can Google running a Zoomus. Because <laughs> nah. the, the Zoom, a.k.a. Zoomus, is a device Next. that has Next. lots of moving parts that you don't understand. Next. <laughs> that's, that's what Next. we... Hey, for, for everyone else out there who is not Adam, that's what we call a tap out. That's when Adam has decided he's not going to win the topic and is moving on. Did you just, did you just accuse me of tapping out? Yes, intellectually tapping out to this topic. Oh, I'm going to fight you. I am going <laughs> to fight you, man. No, okay, so previously on the talk show, we were discussing... Earlier today. The 4x4x48, we had a really good topic discussion, and I think we were kind of, kind of wrapping it up, putting a bow on it. But I think there were some ideas and thoughts we wanted to kind of wrap up with that topic, and then also maybe talk about what uh, our future goals uh, for the rest of March and, and moving into April are. Adam, what are you thinking about for the rest of March moving into April? And uh, yeah. And did you have anything else you wanted to kind of put a pin in for like the four by four by 48 that we didn't get to? Um, anything about, no, no, I don't think so. I think we're good on the four by four by 48. I feel solid on that one. Good. Rest of March. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Oh. I, I feel like you covered your experience pretty well. So what do you think going forward? Where's your trajectory after that? Yeah. So, uh, actually coming up tomorrow, Thursday, it'll probably be today by the time this thing actually gets on the internet. Um, is the is the kickoff of the 2021 CrossFit Open? Oh shit! Is that next week or well? Let's but let's, for the people listening, we're recording this on um, the Wednesday night of the 10th of March. So correct. So they will situate you in time. <laughs> they will announce the first workout on Thursday the 11th, and then they will announce the second workout the following Thursday the 18th. And then they'll announce the third and final workout on Thursday, the 26th. So I don't want to go too deep on this, but I am genuinely curious. Um, do you, to be a seriously contention, to be in contention seriously, do you need to um, 
what what do they require you to do in terms you video the whole workout does it have to be from multiple angles like what, what yeah, what's well, required histor- of you to to be okay historically you would do it at a at a gym uh and you would have a a judge an official judge who took the ten dollar online judges certificate course oh. uh you okay. can also video your workout the whole thing and they have some they have some guidelines just one angle is totally fine but they have some guidelines as to like how you should position the camera etc uh and then you submit your score on the leaderboard and a link to your video and then if you have a good score like if you do really well they will review your video to make sure it is legit okay very cool Mm -hmm. that all seems legit um, super legit. What types of, I mean, I know you don't know the answer, right? Because they're going to spring it on you spontaneously, but someone who's looked it over in the past and kind of has been interested in stuff. what types of workouts do you think they favor for this kind of competition? Is there certain things you can focus on to get ready for it? Or is it just like, is that not possible? Double unders be really good at double unders and pull-ups. Double unders meaning I know, oh, yes. I know what you mean, but tell people who don't with the with the jump rope you're jumping rope you want the rope to pass under your feet not once but twice while you're in the air on one jump and what's a, what, what's a under. normal what would be an expected let's say you're in competition what would they maybe ask you to do oh dude it could be all over the place like one year there was a workout where you did i forgot what the other movements were but by the end of the workout you did like some obscene number like 600 double unders <laughs> it's really intense. It's crazy it's but crazy yeah i i feel like uh correct me if i'm wrong because i don't know this for a fact but i feel like uh aggressive jump roping like that like you know going for it is is very similar almost to like um oh god i'm forgetting the name it's just totally Total blank, but the move we all know where you do a jump and a, a burpee. Yeah, I don't know why I just blanked on burpee, but I here's like, here's the best way to explain it. Here's I the feel best like way. Jump roping really fast and burpee are surprisingly similar in terms of effort. Yeah, but you could do burpees for way longer. Like the difference is if you're just jumping rope, if you just have a rope and you're just like hanging out, skipping rope, one one swing. Like that's like walking kind of quickly, kind of not even like very quickly, kind of quickly. Like you could do that shit all day. Double unders is like, is like doing a hundred meter sprint. Yeah. It's wow. Yeah. I I haven't really worked on that too much. I've tried it a few times and uh, it's really hard. There's a lot of tech, (laughs) a lot of technique involved. It take, it took me no joke. It took me a full year to be able to put it together. And I've worked on that shit every month of that year. <laughs> do it. it was so frustrating. Uh, and then now I, now I have the, I'm still not super proficient at it, but I'm, I'm fully capable and like pretty good at it. So my understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, they're going to post these workouts and you're going to do them, right? Yes. Now the commissioner, Matt Newell, is he going to do them? Yeah, he signed up for the open. You better believe it. What if they throw down a like run five miles? Is he gonna do that? They won't do that. Okay, I'm just curious because Matt. And again, this is I'm not throwing Matt wherever you're at. Much respect. Not throwing shade. I'm just saying that seems to be his kryptonite, but that's not gonna come up, right? That's yeah, running is his kryptonite. He it uh yeah it it um but it won't come up. 
So there's a limited amount of equipment because of the pandemic and the whole deal. There's gotcha. a limited amount of equipment that you need. They actually have a bunch of options. Like they have a no equipment option. If you're like straight up quarantined in a hotel room and you got nothing, you can still participate. Now I'm going to, I'm going to play Matt's character for him and just be like, yeah, but Scott, you can't do a pull up. And it's like, okay, fine. I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just thinking like, what if they threw down like a, okay, today we're going to do a half marathon. Would that fuck up some of these guys who are like huge and like kind of muscular in a way that's not efficient if you had to do that? Or I'll are you going to tell so me that he, I'm an asshole and I'm wrong? Cause I, I could be. I think you're an asshole and you're wrong. I mean, like, these, the, <laughs> and I, that's the, what I, I see. I anticipated it. Yeah. It's not coming. No, you gotta think like, I mean, people that are, that are like really large and muscular and they're maybe not like a top level CrossFit athlete. Yeah. They're going to have a hard time, but the, the best of the best, like the top level. I've seen, athletes, I've seen pictures of some of these guys. They're, they're insane. Yeah. Yeah. But they run fast. Like well, they do yeah. when they go out to the games, they'll do like a seven, seven K trail run and they're running, they're running fast. I believe, I totally believe it. I mean, you look at uh, NFL guys today when they do the combine and the things that they do, um, they've, it's just evolved to the point where you've got these giant guys that shouldn't be able to run fast, but they can. It's just well, like, but they're quick. They're not fast over a disc. Like, I don't think those NFL guys are going to go knock out like a, you know, 18 minute 5k. But the fact that they can do a hundred yard dash, I mean, it's just, if you, if you look at it over time, there would be a point in time, not that long ago where you wouldn't have athletes doing that. So it's, we're constantly evolving, right? Constantly evolving. And then constantly. And so anyway, with, with the CrossFit games, I, I find it very intriguing that there's people all around decentralized now that are going to see these workouts and attempt them. And I, that to me, I think that might even make it more fun. Maybe, maybe there'll be some, what do you think? I, I think there might be some dark horse people that come out of the woodwork this year after this pandemic that maybe are not known in the CrossFit community, but are. People. I mean, every year. Yeah. Every year in the open, there's like one or two people that pop up and you're like, Oh, who's that ninja? So I, I'm just thinking maybe this could be that year because there's a lot of people who I think maybe went into this year in good shape and maybe their job fell through or their job became remote or certain things happened that, that turned them from a very fit athlete to somebody who does this half the day every day. Mm. I think there's people maybe. out there like that. I don't know. I, maybe. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example, and you're not going to like this example, but I know this guy. He lives in Vermont, and he works for a bike company, okay? And so when he was working with this bike company, he was a very fit, very athletic guy, travel around, work out at the gyms when he's in the town, do the bike, do this, do that. But he's also on planes. He's in cars. He's sleeping in beds that aren't his. He does not always get in the best sleep, you know, whatever. And then uh, this pandemic hits and all of a sudden he's stuck in this beautiful part of Vermont. Looks like a friggin' postcard where he lives. And then he's got this gym in his house that looks like if the devil had devil's asshole had a gym inside of it, it would be that. And, he, and, and he's there without having to travel for work for months and months and months on end. And he's already 
a high level athlete before that happens. Are you telling me there aren't other guys like that out there? Cause I know one guy like that and that guy has gotten very fit during the pandemic. Yeah. Look, I think there's other guys. Look, well, th- there's only one me. Okay. So, Oh, I wasn't but, talking. I wasn't talking about you. I know another guy. This guy's name is Steve. <laughs> and my friend, uh, Steve, whatever you think, but my friend, Steve is pretty rich. Oh, he's, sw- <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, well, here's the deal though. You got to think, yes, I'm sure there are, there are people that had a similar, um, they had a similar circumstance and they turned it into a great opportunity. However, the athletes also were able to, in some cases, right? Like focus more and not travel. Like they had all those other benefits as well. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Is all I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Exciting. it's I, exciting. I, I was obviously giving you a lot of, Oh crap. But I, I do think like, um, and this is everyone's life is their own challenge, right? Everyone's in their own lane trying to do their own thing. But, um, uh, I thought it was interesting, uh, talking to you and the commissioner, Matt Noel, both, uh, guys who work uh, in traveling sales who both, I think have had, um, and it, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know you got a job where you're going to be back on the road at some point. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like you guys have both, expressed in one way or another that you're having a really um positive experience with being at home yeah look i was actually thinking about this um i was okay i was having a introspective moment during the four by four by 48 which i think actually you alluded to earlier right where you were like you spend all this time by yourself and you and you think you know you get some clarity sometimes yeah i i find it i find these these weird challenges we've done, the longer we're out doing them, sometimes I, I, I really find moments in my mind that are helpful. So anyway. So I, so I was, I was thinking it's my birthday on Sunday. Um, and so I was thinking, I was like, Oh, you know, it's my birthday. I was thinking about the last year. Um, and how last year I got for my birthday, a global pandemic. And, um, and, and the whole deal, but then I was like, I was like, wow, I'm, I was, I was reflecting on how grateful I was for the way things shook out. Like we had a really amazing last 12 plus months. Um, and for lots of different reasons, but I was just like really grateful for those things. But I remember back in April, or March, it was April, March or April. I remember telling Allie, I said, I said, I'm going to come out of the pandemic better than I went in. And like, that was my goal. We talked about that on the podcast. We said that on the podcast. We said on the podcast that we would be better people when we came out of this than we went in. And to varying degrees, I feel like we're both keeping on track. uh, We're on track. I'm a better person now for sure than I was going into this. And uh, so I, and I, think, that's my, that's my big driver. Yeah. And I, so I think that's fantastic. And so I was teasing you a bit, but like you brought it back to a good point. I think, um, for people who, uh, have been working not from home and again, I'm not trying to harp on this and, and I know that I don't, I know in the future, your, your job situation might change in terms of travel, but for people who did travel for work and then hit a shutdown, you're the, the one of the people I know who I can ask this. I don't know that many other people who travel as much as, as 
you or maybe Matt Noel did. How do you feel like that's changed your life? And do you have a plan for when it reactivates, how do you think you're going to cope with that? Cause it's, it must be so different after a year of being at home. Uh, yeah, I think it changed, it changed me. It changed my perception of like, of like needing to hurry up and like do things. I always felt under pressure to do whatever, right? Like, Oh, I got, even it was like house stuff, right? I got to mow the line. I got to do this. I was always like rushing to do these things. And I was very bad at being idle. Still not great at being idle, but, <laughs> but I'm with you. But, um, but, um, my perception of it has changed. And, and so I really enjoyed like those, those times. Yeah. I just really like, I've been very grateful for the time at home. Um, and it's, it's presented a number of new challenges. So I think like that's, I mean, you know, we've talked about that plenty of times, like different challenges, like that's also been good. Um, but like going back, I, I don't know, it's really helped me establish strong boundaries on like work and home and whatever. I did this thing earlier this summer. This is really silly. I'm always like working on some kind of project house thing whatever, it doesn't matter, organizing something, putting things away, building something, whatever. And I would always get like, it would, I would leave a mess and I would do this thing. So what I started doing in the summer was I would only work on the project on Thursday morning. So instead of training on Thursday morning, I would take the same amount of time that I would spend training. And on Thursdays, I would work on whatever that project was. And I, and that was it. It actually made it better. Like I got more done because I had a plan. That's good. That's <laughs> Which really, is really funny. Cause you had, so, the week, you had the week to think about what you're going to do on that morning. Yeah. And then I made it count, right. I was like, okay, this is my two to three hours. Like I better get, I better get busy. So it's great. Yeah. I, love it. I like that a lot. I, I had, I got a lot done today cause I knew I had the day off. It's my midweek day off. So I can totally relate to that. But, um, okay. So Adam St. Germain, I don't want to take too much of your time tonight, but we, we did talk about the four by four by 48. We're here in the early part of March. Uh, we're looking forward into April. You, there, we have the marathon in the month challenge. I need to do another one in late March to get back on track. You don't. And then um, we each need to do one in April so we can talk about that. But what other things are on your mind or on your goal list heading into spring? Uh, anything specific? I'm thinking about getting uh, my bike all polished off and riding my bike a few times, not with any goals associated with it. We talked about this off the air earlier, but I got to get my bike all tuned up. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, same. Like I, I'm, I'm anxious. Nah, I'm not anxious. I'm not anxious. Is not the right word. I'm looking forward to, I'm anticipating, uh, doing some outdoor bike rides as the weather is starting to improve here and the, and the snow is melting. So, I think by April, yeah, I should get some, some decent outdoor rides in on the road. That'll be nice. Um, I don't really have anything, you know, I got to do the marathon in, in April with any luck, the trails will be, uh, runnable, but they'll probably be too muddy. So I'll still probably be on the road. I was going to ask you if you have a plan for that, if you were going to do an organized event, uh, a DIY, a trail, what I, what I might do, uh, what I'm thinking is uh, I'm going to keep an eye on the weather. I might just drive south to maybe southern new hampshire or um maybe massachusetts and just do a run down there and then just come back just to get 
in the woods and not on the on the road. I really hate the road. So well, um, after this past event we just did, I'm with you. I'd never, I didn't think about it that much, but when we did this four by four by forty eight, that volume of running on the road. Uh, even though I have nice shoes and decent equipment and I, I felt like prepared for every run, I, I, I never felt like I was, didn't have my shit together. It was just tough. Like my knees and hips did not like it. And it, and just, it was rough. Yeah, it just bangs you up. You just get so banged up. So, And I, yeah. I feel like I, I'm totally with you. If you were doing that type of effort with mixed terrain that forces you to like change your cadence, change your hip, positions and you know be more flowy you're probably going to do better for longer than if you're like in this like static position well it's just also just way more enjoyable too so yeah um so yeah so i I don't know april i don't have anything specific uh a couple bike rides outside will be nice we'll get the marathon or or something longer in actually i haven't looked if there's any events i should probably take a look and then um, hey hey adam st Germain. I have to interrupt you. My phone is going to die soon, and we're we're getting to the end of the time limit that I think we can do for this episode. So what I want to yes, ask sir. you is something else that we were talking about. I want two from you. This is, I'm putting you on the spot. So no, if you don't got them, you don't got them. Two hot food takes. Two takes about food that you think might be hot. People might not be on your level. Tell me two right now. Take number one: mustard's bullshit. That's a hot. Forget take. it. That's a very, Throw that shit away. That is a very hot take. Go go off, Queen. Give me number two. <laughs> number two. I want everybody to try this. I'm gonna cook this on my birthday. First, you make a waffle, and then you take that waffle, you throw it in a pan, and you make it a pancake waffle. And then <laughs> you take it back out of the pan, you throw it in a bowl with some eggs and cinnamon and whatever else, milk. Soak that thing all up, and then you make it a pancake waffle. French toast extravaganza. That sounds awesome. I can't imagine the flavor. I can just kind of imagine what you're talking about. So I'll, we'll have to test. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to taste like, but I'm going to make it on Sunday. So I'll let you know. (laughs) Can you don't just do still shots, do a little, do a little couple second video so we can see. You want some videos? All right. Well, I want to see what it looks like. A still shot of that shit doesn't tell you anything. I need to see if it wiggles or what it's doing. I don't know if it'll, it might wiggle actually. We'll I don't see. know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll find out. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, so hot food take Adam, I'm going to give you one right, right now. What you got? what did you got? Well, this is, I don't know if this is a hot food take. I think it is. I'm going to just say it. Most pizza is bad. I would say, um, no, I'm going with, yeah. Majority of pizza is bullshit. Like, very hot, like 70 to 80% of pizzas you might encounter in your life are not worth your time. <laughs> I was thinking 80. I was in the 80 club. Yeah, it's high. It's high. Yeah. But when you yep. get that high level pizza that is good, fuck yeah. But oh. lately, and I'm telling you this because I work in a hospital and we get gifted pizza a lot, and I would never disrespect the gift. Every time you give us anything at the hospital, we're thankful for it. But as I've tasted all these different types of pizza, I've learned over time that there's just this really wild spectrum of what pizza is. And a lot of it is just carbs that are not satisfying in a way that I want to ingest them. (laughs) (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) I would like to skip ingesting those carbs. 
All right. So, I mean, so you want like a like sauce on on a piece of lettuce? What are you, you trying to say? Also, also, ketchup is almost always unnecessary. There's almost no context for ketchup. This, Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> but but the, here's the thing about the two of us. You like ketchup. I love mustard. We're, so we're, we're, we have a dynamic here. That here here's, the thing, here's the thing about ketchup, okay? Ketchup is the carrier, all right? You got to think of it as the carrier. Now you take that ketchup and you add in other elements, such as hot sauce. Oh, yeah. If now you get, if you get a spicy you ketchup, shit. Yeah, you're, move, you're making moves. You're making moves. There you go. A little yeah. ketchup and sriracha. That's what's up. Now my man knows that Waterburger spicy ketchup is pretty solid for for. A- oh, I, my bottle, my bottle's almost gone. I almost <laughs> used the whole thing. <laughs> you gotta hook you up. Shit is good. Yep. yep but yep. Uh, okay, so Adam Saint Germain, uh, moving into April. Uh, what you got? You gonna run a marathon? What else are you gonna do? Uh, well, ride you your know, bike. Ride my bike. Get my bike out of the garage. Ride it. Uh, I, I'm thinking about um, some challenges, but I want to hear what you're thinking. You've got this this CrossFit thing coming up. That sounds wild. That's what's up. Yep. It'll we, be on the gram. Oh, Short handled shovel. We don't have to get into this because we don't have time. But we did do a challenge week based on the Whoop app uh, and the Whoop strap and uh, the amount of strain that we could produce on in a week on that uh, between you, me, and the commissioner, Matt Newell. I'll, and by the way, shout out to Matt Noel, our, the commissioner of the podcast, hasn't been on since 100 episodes ago. We need to get him back on. He Clear won. winner of the challenge. He yeah, smu- smashed it. He smushed it. And he, he didn't just smush it. He frustrated the fuck out of me because he would do this thing where he would wait till at about 11 o'clock at night in Austin time. I would do my last workout, be ahead of everyone go to bed and then while I'm showering and getting ready for bed, he would go bang out a rowing workout. And so as soon as I, as soon as I was getting into bed to like congratulate myself by looking at the phone one more time, he'd be in front of me and I'd be so mad, like angry. He's he's a fitness. He's a fitness criminal. There's no way around it. Fitness criminal. (laughs) He's a smooth fitness criminal. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But he did pull so, it off. He he schooled us all, I guess. And and we could talk. Actually, let's two seconds, Adam. What do you think about the Whoop app strap? In terms of, I think we could all say during that week we observed that it's very accurate at rating the individual on the individual's terms. But if you're doing like a challenge mode between friends or between a team. It doesn't seem fair. Do you think there's something we could recommend to these people? Yeah, listen, listen, Whoop. Uh, listen, we need a battle mode. I need a head-to-head battle mode. Battle and then mode. I want to I be able to find people in other Whoop groups and then issue them a challenge. But in battle mode. Like, they can't, like, because what we learned is that if, if the motherfucker didn't sleep for three days they can do like a casual run and maybe school you on strain. And that's not right. It shouldn't be like that. Also people of the internet, if you have gotten a 21 message me, I need to know <laughs> what, what you did. the what hell did, you did. <laughs> what did you do? I, I just, I cannot get past 20.7. I don't get it. 
Now, I'm not trying to compare myself to Adam St. Germain, who is a CrossFit guy in better shape, but I... Wait, you got 20.7, didn't you? I've achieved a 20.7 on one or two occasions, and what I've noticed is that there is nothing you can do to go further than that, that I'm aware of. You, like, I, I think, I, I'm, I think the, the 21 is a myth. I don't even think it's real. Did they even give it out? I don't think they do. You crushed it on this four by four by 48 on, I think it was Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the longest day of the challenge was the Saturday. I think in terms of number of runs. Is that true? Oh, it must be. Yeah, because you started yeah, at 3 a.m. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's the one day where you get the most runs in a, in a 24-hour window as far as whoop is concerned. And you got the 20.6, I think, that day. And maybe they – did they bump you to the 20.7 by midnight? I don't remember. I did. I got – yeah, by the time I went to bed, I was at 20.7. And then yeah. they lock you with that. And it's like, what else could you have done that day? I mean, it's crazy to me. So, hey, I just I just Googled it, and it said – uh, that this is on Reddit and the Reddit people don't, they don't lie. It, they say that no <laughs> one has gotten a 21. <laughs> no one. That's what it's, that's what they're alluding to. There's all these people like I got 20.7. So, so first of uh, all, whoop doesn't sponsor us. So I can say whatever I want. So I'm going to say two things. We got to wrap this up soon, but the whoop app strap is fun. I like to use it. I think it's very good and accurate in a number of ways that are fun and useful to use. It eats shit at anything complicated that happens at night. If you get up and do anything between 9 PM and 6 AM, the whoop strap eats shit. It cannot figure out what you did. It doesn't know what's going on. It panics. It gives crazy numbers. It just loses its mind. Very unimpressive. One star. Do not recommend. Wow. That was brutal. However, during the day, like five stars, highly recommend. So they got to get their shit together. You can't just have a device that works great during the day and eats a bag of shit at night. That's not acceptable. Mine works fine at night. I don't know what you're doing. No, 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 queen. No queen. Yours doesn't work fine at night. You just have a very static routine. So you haven't noticed that if you get up and walk the dog in the middle of the night, or if any little thing happens, the whoop goes, Oh, I'm panic now. I can't tell what Adam's doing. I just, I, what did Adam do? I lost track of him. It's like, this is, I'm going to be the whoop guy for a second. Wait, what does Scott do? I lost track of him. Where is he? Wait, 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 wait. I haven't seen Scott in 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Right, I don't so know where he is. The people on Reddit say that according to whoop, you can only achieve a 21 when you have an elevated heart rate for a full 24 hours. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. That's fucked up. I don't like that you can't get it. That makes me mad. I don't like, that's what I'm saying. Again, I love this. I, I pay for this stupid thing to be on my wrist. So like I talk shit, but whoop, I'm a customer. I pay your ass, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, uh, unimpressed by your, the function of your app at night. And also my boy, Adam St. Germain turned shit inside out <laughs> last weekend. 
And I just think put perspective on it. I pushed myself really, really hard during the four by four by 48. And I got a 20.6, I think on Saturday, uh, on that same day, I think you got a 20.7. The difference was you were running negative splits all day on your runs. Like that, to, the mechanics of, of, of that don't make sense to me. You, that, the difference shouldn't be point one tenth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, don't it's know. just not fair. It doesn't make any sense. And we're not, I mean, the, look, we're obviously not the same person in terms of physicality, but it's not that different to, to account for that in my mind. Listen, here's, I'm going to put this out there. People of the whoop world. <laughs> if I can score a 21, I want two years free of whoop services. Okay, let's throw that out there at them. And we, hey, off off air, we should send them an email. Because we've been talking well, too much. Th- look, look, I'm thinking. I, I'm getting mad about how often we talk about this company on here for free. We should not be talking about them for free. I'm well, mad about I'm, it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I got a chance, okay? I'm going to the Infinitus 250 miler. It's coming up in May. Five days. Maybe I can get to 21. Let's do it. Let's get that. I believe Just in saying. You. I'm just saying. All right. We went down so, a huge rabbit hole. Adam. This went way off course. It's fine. It's okay. We, maybe we'll edit it together. But I want to ask you one final question about the 4 by 4 by 48 to send us off. What did you take from that in terms? Did you take anything special from that about how you are thinking about doing ultras in the future? Did, did it teach you anything or did you take any lesson away from it that might help you on your next ultra attempt? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how much reading you've done about other people's ultras and they always say like, oh, there's highs and there's lows and there's highs and there's lows or whatever. But it, it's really hard to explain until you experience it. So it was really good to experience you know, the high of starting, you're excited, and then experience the low of when I was underfueled and I had to walk, and then experience the high of just like running my damn shoes off on Sunday. And um, it was good to like feel that process out and and just like, you know, stay committed to it and, and then just like feel better on the other side. Love it. That's great. That was my takeaway. What was I, your takeaway? Um, it was, uh, it really, uh, I think we talked about this earlier, but it elucidated to me uh, how strong you can be when you have a mental resolution to do something. Cause for me, I was uncomfortable physically earlier in the run, but I never like, no matter how much my knee or my hip hurt, there was never a thought that I wasn't going to do it. It was just going to be shittier. <laughs> so like I just did it till it was done. And actually once my mind got a little bit calloused about the knee hurting, I actually started running faster towards the end. Not a lot faster, but a little bit faster uh, because I just, it started to get muted. That channel got a little muted in my mind. But uh, the big takeaway for me was to do these big events, I have to spend more time in the pregame focusing on mobility and the boring stuff that we don't always want to think about, like doing yoga, doing stretching, meditating, whatever, getting your body right to be able to get this stuff thrown at it. And so that's what I want to focus on. Cause I, and I'll say this and then we can kind of wrap up, but uh, you saw this on my social media, but I want to do this again next year. And next year I want to do it at nine minutes per mile. Yeah. I saw you want to go fast next year. 
and I don't, I don't want to go real fast like you did where you went like way lower than that, but I want to be able to do the whole thing around nine minutes per mile, like steady, real running the whole time. And I think, all right, well, let's start, you start getting ready. Now you get there. That's my goal. Get it. You're going to be my coach, right? I'm going to coach you. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Told you. I'm already coming down there in October. Wear my costume. Nice. I can't wait. We're going to go to Gordo's, eat some, eat some donut burgers. Oh man. I eat all them burgers. You don't even know <laughs> I, all them burgers. <laughs> I, we got, we should wrap this up while you go be with your family, but yeah, uh, I gotta go. Hey man, this podcast has ended. Let us go in peace. All right, man. Thanks. We did this. See ya. All right. Bye.